This is Chris, and this is the Bottom Line Podcast, where soon as they're for football, catching winners, and hitting dingers, welcome to NFL Week 2. Once again, I don't have my co-host with me. However, I am sitting on the beach in Marco Island for this week, so that's why they won't be here. Uh, Clayton actually did put in picks last week. Uh, he sent them to me a little bit later than the podcast was recorded, so we counted his for a spread pick. So I'll give a little bit of a recap for our picks from Week 1. Uh, myself, I went seven and nine. I was trying to look back at which all spreads I took and which I didn't. If I took the over, what it was out of the ones I picked and circled during the podcast, I was seven and nine with one and two on my locks. The only lock hitting was the Dolphins money line. Clayton was actually eleven and five on his spread picks that he had sent me. Zero um, and one on his lock of the Giants, <clears throat> which I was kind of high on the Giants as well, but not one of my lock picks. We can get right into some recaps of the games from Week One. Thursday night football, Lions taking the big victory over the Chiefs. Great to see Jared Goff. That Chiefs team is a heck of a lot different without Kelsey. I think that's one thing that Clayton and I uh, really talked about after the game was that without Travis Kelsey there, it seems a lot different uh, than normal. Um, Oh, and before I get too far in, the not bourbon but scotch this week. Um, We're going to go with the Glen Fittage Single Mott Scotch Whiskey. the Barrel Reserve 14-year. Never had it before. A little bit different for the podcast especially. Pretty interesting. Um, other games to look at. The Saints were minus three. They end up winning 16-15. Every game that the Titans play is always a low-scoring close game. Uh, sorry also about the noise in the background. There is an AC running because it is like 90-something degrees here. Uh, trying to keep it 73 in the, in the condo. Um, but the Saints, the Derek Carr looks pretty good. Michael Thomas looked good in his return. Chris Olave really looked pretty good. Um, I think that was one of the prop bets that I said that I was going to take um, this past weekend. He ended up with 112 yards, way over his prop of around 64 yards. Um, Tannehill looked okay. The Saints' defense looks phenomenal. Titans' defense always looks good. Titans' offense looked bad. Um, the Saints' offense looked better. Derek Carr will start to click, and things will figure it out. I think they're actually going to be a really good contender. Uh, in the NFC South. Dolphins-Chargers game, my favorite team, the Dolphins, in a, a wild game with, I think, seven lead changes. Tua showed out for 446 yards, was it? I believe. Let's check and see. Yeah, 466 yards, three touchdowns. Most of that's a Tyree kill for 215 yards and two tutties. Um, great game to watch. The defenses. Got stops when they needed them for the Dolphins. The Chargers defense looked pretty good as well. I mean, Tua carved him up in the middle, uh, but there was a couple of throws where Tua forced into triple coverage, and they probably should have picked him off. Uh, they did have the one pick in the end zone as well. Justin Herbert didn't look phenomenal. He was a lot of dink and dunk. Um, a lot of Eckler in this game. The Dolphins could not stop the run for anything. There was just gaping holes. Uh, he had a 1.55-yard run that set up a touchdown. Um that's one thing they'll have to shore up for sure. But the Chargers definitely still a good team. The Kellen Moore offense does look better. They had over 200 rushing yards, which is completely different than what they had in the last few seasons with Herbert and without Kellen Moore. Um, but the Dolphins overall did look pretty good. That was one of the most interesting and fascinating games of the weekend for sure. Uh, Ravens-Texans, not much to talk about. I had picked the Texans at plus 9.5. Didn't hit. Uh, the Ravens ended up winning 25-9. Lamar Jackson looked pretty good. Um they looked okay. I wouldn't say they looked pretty good. Uh, kind of a crapshoot of a game. Bengals, Browns, big pick here. We had the Browns money line. Um, Burrow had looked just terrible. Uh, 
I know he was injured early and didn't play in the preseason, but 82 passing yards. 82. Not much to write home about. The Browns own him in Cleveland. Just is what it is. I don't, he's 0-3 there in his career. He's not one there. Um, the Bucks and the Vikings was kind of surprised at this game. Justin Jefferson had 150 receiving yards, and they still lost by three. Um, there was some speculation over the last couple days of Baker Mayfield having known or figured out the Vikings' um, words for when they're calling whatever coverage they're going to have, like stealing plays. He made the comment that he's a fan of the Texas Rangers, not of the Houston Astros, so take it as that. Uh, the Panthers and Falcons. Falcons ended up winning this game pretty easily. It was close for a little while, and then just kind of pulled away. If you did watch it, Carolina, Bryce Young looked okay. Not great. Obviously, as a rookie in his first career start, one TD and two interceptions. Not a lot of help from the running game so much. He did have decent running game stats. Trevor, uh, Hubbard had 60 yards on nine carries, and Sanders had 72 yards and 18 carries. Just not enough to get it done in the end. Um, Colts and Jaguars, Anthony Richardson did look good early. And fun fact, since we usually do fun facts at the beginning, I'm just going to kind of throw them in as we go. Anthony Richardson is the youngest player in NFL history with a pass TD and a rush TD in the same game. He played pretty well. The Jaguars ultimately were much the much better team in this game. You'll see some good growth, I think, from Anthony Richardson. Just wasn't his day. It's his first game. He's got to learn a little bit. 49ers absolutely manhandled the Steelers. Um, there's not really not much to say about that game other than uh, Brock Purdy is the first QB and to win his first six starts while also having two-plus passing touchdowns. The Cardinals and Commanders didn't really watch that game too much. Um, not, I mean, the game, it's closer than it should have been. I thought I had I had minus seven on Washington. They played okay, but nothing great in that game. Uh, Raiders and Broncos. Sean Payton's debut gets spoiled with Russell Wilson. Jimmy G comes in, two touchdowns, one pick. Russell Wilson did look a lot better than he did all of last year, 27-34 with 172 yards and two touchdowns. Ultimately just couldn't pull it out in the end. Eagles-Patriots actually came down to the wire. Uh, Mac Jones almost led them to come back. Three touchdowns, 316 yards for Mac Jones, throwing it 54 times through the air. Uh, early in the game, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. But the Eagles didn't end up winning by over by five uh, to cover that spread. Packers Bears is one I do want to talk about for Gus and all the and Pots and all the Bears fans out there that thought they were going to be great. They are. <sighs> this was embarrassing. Thirty-eight to twenty. It's a tough look for the Bears. I know Gus was very upset. Couldn't believe it. Um, they are not one draft away from contention. They are plenty more drafts away from contention and competing for a Super Bowl. I just want to have that known. Um, but on the other hand, Jordan Love, I mean, he looked okay. He didn't have a whole lot of air yards. Three touchdowns, though, 245 passing yards. Fields, again, is the only thing on the team. And at this point, I think you start to wonder, do you tank? Do you tank for Caleb Williams and just go with it? Might be an option there, trade away Fields. Um, Rams beating the Seahawks, which was kind of surprising for a lot of people. The Seahawks were favored by a big amount. But the big story out of this was the rookie wide receiver. I'm going to mispronounce this name very badly, but Puka Nakua, I think is how you say it. Ten receptions for 119 yards. Seemed to be a favorite target. He was targeted 15 times in this game, but a big factor uh, with Cooper Cup being out. And then there's not much to write home about in this Cowboys-Giants game. 40 to nothing. The Giants looked awful. I've seen a lot of gifts about them being the little Giants. It looks perfect. And then we get to Monday night with... The Jets and Aaron Rodgers going down in the fourth play of the game. Um, 
that's tough for all Jets fans everywhere out for the season. So Wilson will be it for the rest of the year. And they still managed to win on a putt return touchdown in overtime because the Bills are so bad. And Josh Allen has four turnovers in the game, three interceptions and a fumble and a key fumble. I don't, you, you can't make that up. I don't, I don't know how he played so bad. He's one of those that's always an MVP candidate, and then he looks like that against the Jets. They have a good defense, and Robert Sala is a defensive head coach, but nevertheless, should not have happened that way. I'll get into the rest of the stat or the stats and facts that I have going into week two. So for week two for the Lions game, it'll play a big factor into my pick for the Lions. C.J. Gardner asked all Lions fans to wear blue ski masks to their home opener this weekend. They sold out on Amazon after he asked that. So we'll see a lot of blue ski masks in the at the Detroit game this weekend, most likely. Um, in 2023, this is the second lowest touchdowns in week one for offensive touchdowns scored in the last 10 years. Uh, there was only 61 scored in week one. The lowest... The only one that was lower than that since 2014 was in 2017 with 57. Uh, the last, except for yet last year was 73, but the three years prior were all in the mid-80s. Not a great look for the offenses in week one. And then I love to look at the on-pace sheets when you get past week one because there's a dumb dumb good performance, and then they just calculate what it would be at over, over the games played. Um, and in this one, we've got Tua. Is projected for 7,922 passing yards. Christian McCaffrey projected for 2,584 rushing yards. Tyreek Hill projected for 3,655 reception yards. Um, the Jets safety Jordan Whitehead is predicted for 51 interceptions throughout the season. And Bobby Wagner for Seattle is projected 323 tackles. Always fun to look at those dumb numbers as they come out after week one with only one week of sample play. Uh, to base it out over the course of the year. We can get right into week one. Um, Clayton will have his picks into me at some point today before the game goes off, um, and that way I can calculate it up for the records for the season as we do our normal pick every game and see what happens and see who wins our, our own head-to-head contest. Uh, the Vikings and Eagles to start out Thursday night. Great game tonight. Um, the spread set at minus six and a half when I just looked at DraftKings with an over-under of 49. And I actually, I, I'm, I almost want to take the Vikings money line because I just feel like they're going to have a bounce back game and Kirk Cousins is going to come out and play really well. Um, so I'm going to take the Vikings at plus six and a half. Um, I have a, a feeling that it's just a, a turnaround game for Kirk and he needs to get it going. Justin Jefferson looked pissed. After he had 150 yards and they still lost. Um, and the Eagles didn't look phenomenally well against the Patriots. Overwhelming. So I, I'm going to go with the Vikings at plus six and a half. Next game up is Chiefs and Jaguars. Chiefs are sitting at minus three and a half going down to Jacksonville. Over-under set at 51. I actually think the Jacksonville Jaguars get revenge on the playoff game last year. And they win this one at the plus 154 money line. But also I'm going to take the spread of plus three and a half. That way I can keep track of the spreads uh, for our head-to-head contest. The Raiders and the Bills. Um, Bills minus 8.5. Jimmy G, I, I don't see it continuing. I think this is, once again, a bounce-back game. I think people are going to see the, the Bills losing to the Jets and think that's a big deal. 
Um, while it shouldn't have happened, it's not going to be a crazy big deal. I think Josh Allen bounces back in week two. He will not have four turnovers, maybe two, but they're going to win by at least 10 points. I'm going to go with the Bills minus eight and a half. Seattle at Detroit. We just talked a little bit about the blue ski mask for this game. So I'm going to go with the Lions minus five and a half. That's probably the easiest one. It's going to be one of my locks for the week. I will do three locks again because why not? And see if I can continue my one and two trend. So the Lions minus five and a half. We'll lock that one in. If Clayton does happen to lock one of his because he won't listen to this before he locks, um, maybe it'll be a bottom line podcast lock, which we were not very successful with last year. So if we do that, then you could fade it. The Ravens at Bengals. I think this is going to be a big bounce back game for Joe Burrow. I don't think the Ravens looked very good last week against the Texans, kind of going through the motions. Um, I feel like the Bengals will win this by at least a touchdown, if not double digits. It should. I don't think this one will be very close. I'm going to go with the Bengals minus three and a half bounce back game for Burrow at home. The Chargers at the Titans. Chargers at minus three. This game's kind of interesting because the Titans defense is usually pretty good. As we saw against the Saints, they played pretty well. But I do think this new Chargers offense with Kellen Moore is a lot different than last year. We're going to see a lot of a very mixed play. They've got they can run the ball. We know Herbert can air the ball out. This minus three seems very low. Um, I think this should be more like a. I guess with the home field advantage for the Titans, it does help get you to two and a half or three because it probably should be minus six. But I'm going to go with the Chargers minus three, and I think that's I'm going to lock that one in as well. Um, I think that's a very easy pick for me. The Bears at the Buccaneers. I don't have any faith in the Bears. I don't. Ha- I have more faith in Baker Mayfield right now, and especially being under the key number of three, I'm going to go with the Bucks minus two and a half. Bears did not look good on either side of the ball. Their wide receivers did not block for each other. Um, they just. I. They just didn't look good. There's not much you can say about the Bears at this point. Claypool couldn't block. Can't catch. I, I just. All you have is fields, and if you can stop fields, you win the game. Green Bay, minus one at Atlanta. This is a little bit more tricky because it depends on, was that just how bad the Bears were, or was that how good Jordan Love and the Packers offense is going to be in that defense? They did allow 20 points, and Atlanta did play okay um, last week with Desmond Ritter. I'm going to go with Jordan Love in this one at Green Bay, minus one, to start out the season 2-0. and Um Seems like the safest pick for me because I, I know more so now after I've seen one game and he they put up quite a bit of points compared to Atlanta, who played Carolina, which we already knew was going to be a bad team with a rookie QB. Colts minus one at the Texans. I'm also I'm going to go with the Colts minus one with Anthony Richardson. I think it's a good bounce back game for him. Uh, he got to he did play pretty well, did some things well in week one, but over, ultimately Jacksonville is a much better team than they are, um, and that's where that landed. So I think the Colts are going to outlast the Texans. Look for Damian Pierce to have a decent game here, though. Um, other than that, we'll go with Anthony Richardson, minus one with the Colts. 49ers, minus seven and a half, going to the Rams. This is a very easy pick for me as well. I feel like the Rams did play pretty well last week, and they show they can still play without Cooper Cup, but that 49ers team is probably the most complete team in football right now, and I don't see them, I don't see them winning by less than 10 at this point. Um, could take the alternate spread, maybe get yourself 12.5 or 13.5 points and, and actually make some money off this game rather than just even. Um, the Giants, minus 5.5 at the Cardinals. 
I don't really know what to do with this game at all. So I'm just going to guess, and I'm going to go with the Giants again. They look terrible. But the Cardinals are not supposed to be any good either. But I'm hoping the Giants have a bounce-back game, and then we'll take plus 5.5 for Daniel Jones. The Jets at the, uh, at the Cowboys. The spread set at Cowboys minus 9.5, which seems ex- very large for this game. Um, I know Zach Wilson playing is a lot different than Aaron Rodgers, but 9.5 seems like a crazy amount because the Cowboys' defense and special teams did a lot. But their offense was okay. Uh, you know, I didn't watch – I mean, I watched quite a bit of the game until halftime when the score was just blown up already. Dak was 13-24 for 143 yards. Pollard had 70 rush yards and two touchdowns. I just don't think the Giants were playing. They just weren't playing very well. I'm going to go against uh, – I almost want to take the Jets plus 9.5. If it was plus 10, I would definitely take them. Um, but I am going to ride a little bit of this high, and I'm going to say Cowboys minus 9.5. We see – Wilson make a few errors. But this is very much a back-and-forth game because where the spread is at. Washington at Broncos. You've got the Broncos minus 3.5. Russell Wilson played better, but I think Washington's defense is really good, um, especially compared to the Raiders. So I'm going to take the Commanders at plus 3.5. It's a key point there. I like that over 3. If this were minus 2.5 for the Broncos, I might flip the other way, but I'm going to stay with Washington at plus 3.5. Sunday night, um, Miami at New England. Miami is a three-point favorite. Just the other day, it was a 2.5 when I had looked. This game, there's potential for rain, but I think it's going to miss on Sunday is what they're saying. I would debate it on that, who I was going to pick for this one, just because the run game for Miami we saw some of, but not a whole lot. They ran the ball decently well. Uh, but the patch protection was phenomenal, and and usually Bill Belichick has some tricks up his sleeve. But I am gonna I'm gonna go with Tua in Miami. Obviously, I'm gonna go with Miami minus three. I'm gonna lock that in. I don't think Mac Jones will play very well. I don't I don't think that that uh, that uh, the Patriots are really that good. I think the Eagles just had a little bit of a fluke game. It was an early game of the year. Didn't play, but did some really th- good things really well, and didn't do some things really well. Miami minus three, that'll be my third lock of the week. New Orleans at Carolina Monday night. I could almost have four locks because New Orleans minus three is easy. You can give me that all day long. Um, so we'll make a fourth lock. I like that one a lot too. If I had to pick out of these four that I have locked so far, I would probably take out the Chargers. Let's take that one out. We're going to take the Chargers out, and we'll go with three locks of the Lions, Dolphins, and the Saints. And the last game of week two will be the second Monday night game of the Browns at the Steelers. Browns minus two. I'm going to take the Browns minus two. I don't think the Steelers looked any good. I don't think Kenny Pickett's any good. The defense didn't look great. I mean, the 49ers just did whatever they wanted to. And the offense just looked so bad. And the Browns defense is much improved. Um, With the new defensive coordinator, and I'm I'm blanking on his name, and I'm sure Clayton will be pissed later because I'm blanking on his name. Um, but he's come in. He's, they played a heck of a lot better against Burrow. I know they've always traditionally beat them in, in Cleveland, but he still played a heck of a lot better. And I think that's going to wrap up. We'll do a short one this week. Uh, next week, we should have Clayton back on. Um, we will we'll do the podcast there to get back to our normal, just on days that he can actually do it, um, or the weeks he can actually get in to do it with us. Um, that way we can have two coasts, and I don't have to try to rush through this myself. And make a lot of ums and awkward noises. All right, the Glenfiddich 
I'm not going to rate it. I didn't have a whole lot of time with it uh, just because this was such a short podcast. So maybe next week I'll have this one rated for everyone. Um, but that is the bottom line.